0: Welcome back
1: to The Breakdown with me, NLW. It's a daily podcast on macro, Bitcoin, and the big picture power shifts remaking our world. The Breakdown is sponsored by Nexo.io, Near, and FTX, and produced and distributed by Coindesk. What's going on, guys? It is Saturday, June 4th, and that means it's time for the weekly recap. Before we get into that, however, if you are enjoying The Breakdown, please go subscribe to it, give it a rating, give it a review, or If you want to dig deeper into the conversation, come join us on the Breakers Discord. You can find a link in the show notes or go to bit.ly slash breakdownpod. Also a disclosure as always, in addition to them being a sponsor of the show, I also work with FTX. And one more thing, and we only have this a couple more times because it is coming up right around the corner. If you haven't registered yet for Coindesk's Consensus 2022, now is the time to do so. It's happening starting next week, June 9th through the 12th in Austin, Texas, and online, by the way, for those of you who can't make it. The goal of the event is to really provide a super wide-ranging perspective on all aspects of this industry, and it's designed for people at any level of engagement or involvement. You don't have to be an expert or even a full-timer to get a bunch of value. If you are interested in going, go to coindesk.com consensus2022 and use code BREAKDOWN to get 15% off your pass. Alright, so to the weekly recap. A couple of days ago, I implored you to decide intentionally what to care about and what not to care about, and to save your energy for the fights that matter. Well, right now, the soundtrack of the moment for us New York Bitcoiners is New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. So what are we discussing? Well, first is this tweet from the New York State Attorney General Letitia James from earlier this week. The cryptocurrency market is extremely unpredictable. Just last month, the market reached record lows, and investors lost hundreds of billions. New Yorkers should be cautious and think twice before putting their hard-earned money into this unstable market. I mean, guys, just where to start? First of all, the market reaching record lows. You can only imagine the ratios of people pointing out where a lot of these assets stand relative to their record lows if you take any sort of zoomed-out view. Second, how weird is it that it's acceptable? To go after some aspect of the market but not another, Meltem Demirer writes: "Is it normal for an elected official to make investment recommendations?" Seems very specific to focus on a global one-trillion-dollar market and just gloss over the stock market—a fifty-trillion-dollar market in the U.S. alone, which impacts more of her constituents and is just as volatile. And in case it isn't clear why this is so galling, Bitcoin right now is about fifty-six percent off its all-time highs from last November. In that same period, tech stocks like Netflix are down 71%. Peloton is down 88% in that same period, and that wasn't even its all-time high. The point, of course, is there is a double standard and a hypocrisy of judging here that makes it very hard to take seriously these investor protection type of mindsets. Unless, I guess, you assume that they also think that people shouldn't be allowed to invest in the stock market because it's risky, but then the question really becomes what can people make judgments for themselves? versus the state telling them what they can and can't do. Alas, that is not the only thing happening in New York at the moment. The second is the mining moratorium. So this is a story we've looked at for a while. There have been various versions of a proof-of-work mining moratorium in the works over the last couple years. The reason that some New York politicians are nervous is that they're seeing a growth in this industry in their state, and they've heard all about how proof-of-work mining is bad, and they want to take time to study it and to some extent that's healthy. Politicians taking time to study things that are impacting their constituents is something I support. Doing so while prohibiting the activity in question, I have a lot less support for, as you might imagine. So a proof-of-work mining bill was passed in the lower house of the New York Assembly earlier this year, but for a while it didn't look like it would make it in the Senate. That, it turns out, was wrong. Very late Thursday night, very early Friday morning, which you might note is already weird, the New York Senate passed the Bitcoin Mining Moratorium Bill. The bill imposes a two-year moratorium on new proof-of-work mining projects that are powered by carbon-based fuel. During this time, the state will be performing a study of the environmental impact of -of proof-of-work mining, and the bill's sponsors say that it was primarily designed to address Bitcoin mining operations that would look to reopen decommissioned carbon-based power plants. The bill's sponsor, Democratic Senator Kevin Parker, said that the impact would be limited. He says only one current operation of this type exists, which would not be impacted by the bill, and there is one pending application which would be put on hold. From here, the bill needs to be signed by the New York governor before it is enacted, which is where the community has turned its attention now. So let's actually talk about the scope of this bill. There is a lot of chatter on Twitter, because God bless it, of course there is, about this being a proof-of-work ban, and that's just not true. Troy Cross tweets, This bill, if I'm reading it correctly, is being widely misreported. No existing fossil fuel-powered mining in New York State will be impacted. The bill prevents one, new generation, and two, increases in mining at existing facilities. Troy is exactly right. Existing firms and ones that are currently undergoing the permit renewal process will be allowed to continue operations. They simply can't expand. New operations that would use carbon-based power will not be approved. So, this really is a moratorium on new projects and expansions of existing products. As Troy sums up, it is not a two year moratorium on proof of work mining. It's a two year moratorium on increases in proof of work mining that is behind the metered powered by fossil fuel generation. It's a dumb bill, but let's be accurate. Then again, Troy also gets the politics of where we are as a culture. Best chance of killing the bill, he writes, is to represent it as an attack on all mining, or all fossil fuel powered mining, and generate outrage. Best chance of passing the bill is same misrepresentation to fire up support. Everyone's happy, and this is our world now. Now, for what it's worth, the crypto industry is happy to play by that playbook if that's all we've got. Julia Stitzel from DCG writes, New York was a leader in crypto hires last year. This morning they passed a bill banning proof of work operations, aligning themselves with China, and sending a negative signal to companies, not just crypto, who are hiring and growing in this emerging industry. Not a good look. So although the bill is less bad than it is being represented, it is still frustrating, especially coming from New York, where it's part of a pattern. And indeed, this is why the bill had lots of opponents, including Democrats.
0: Nexo lets you easily buy crypto with your bank card and earn industry-leading interest rates. Earn up to 16% on crypto and up to 12% on stablecoins nexo makes passive income easy with interest paid automatically and daily with nexo you can also borrow against your crypto at zero percent apr and exchange over 300 pairs receive a welcome bonus of up to 150 dollars in bitcoin until june 30th at nexo.io that's nexo.io this episode is brought to you by near a climate neutral high speed and low transaction fee layer one blockchain platform Near is a blockchain for a world reimagined. Through simple, secure, and scalable technology, Near empowers millions to invent and explore new experiences. Business, creativity, and community are being reimagined for a more sustainable and inclusive future. Reimagine your world today at near.org. The Breakdown is sponsored by FTX U.S. Todd Kaminsky is the chair of the Senate
1: Environmental Conservation Committee and a fierce environmentalist. He authored New York's Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, which was a landmark 2019 law that mandates that the state gets to 100% zero emission electricity by 2040. He has been a vocal opponent of this bill. Earlier this year, he said to Coindesk, I really believe in a new green economy in fighting climate change. The question we have to ask is, how much will this law go towards helping us reach our climate goals, Versus harming a nascent industry that I feel is going to be increasingly critical to our state's economy. I'd like to do everything we can to make crypto mining more eco friendly, and there's great innovators doing that now. But I think this will be seen as extremely hostile. I think it's going to lead to really deleterious economic consequences for New York if people perceive it as being hostile to crypto. It wasn't just Kaminsky against this bill, it's unions like the International Brotherhood of Electric Workers and representatives from places like Rochester, which is one of the poorest cities in the country and which had seen jobs come in around Bitcoin mining. Given that Kaminsky was the chair of the Environmental Committee, it didn't look for a while like it was going to come out of committee. But then, according to Coindesk last night, quote, an 11th hour referral of the bill from the Environmental Conservation Committee to the Senate Energy and Telecommunications Committee, where Parker, aka the bill's sponsor, is the chairman, on Thursday evening meant that the bill was able to reach the full Senate floor for a vote mere hours before the close of the legislative session at midnight. The Blockchain Association's Jake Stravinsky writes, you wouldn't believe the tricks the New York Senate had to pull to pass the Bitcoin mining ban in the dark of the night. E.g., they had to reassign the bill to get around the Environmental Conservation Committee, which was against it. But it's not over yet. Governor Hochul can still veto. The Bitcoin mining conversation as it relates to policy has to be one of the most frustrating areas for people who are invested in this space and who believe in climate change. One of the most positive parts about this whole saga had been the fact that proud, democratic environmentalists had not been in support of this bill, despite their interest in seeing Bitcoin mining continue to progress towards a more, as Kaminsky put it, eco-friendly state. That is the sort of open space and nuance that could be incredibly productive for this discussion. But yet, it was denied that opportunity because of political gamesmanship. So pretty rough week, right? I mean, we've had an insider trading case against the former OpenSea employee, which I think says a lot about the state of the industry in terms of at least our interpretation of it. We had that unbelievably mind-numbing, concerned tech letter, and more frustratingly, all the mainstream media headlines around it about how the technology sector is coming out against crypto, which is so farcical. Then from a macro perspective, hasn't been great either. Quantitative tightening has officially begun. This month, the Fed will begin to allow bonds to run off its balance sheet without being renewed. This will shrink the size of the balance sheet and will also take away liquidity from the market, something that we haven't had for quite some time. How that will impact stocks to say nothing of crypto is anyone's guess right now. Over in Europe, they've ratcheted up the energy crisis with a ban on a huge portion of the oil that comes from Russia which even if in the moral and political right is still going to have massive economic consequences, and so on and so forth, which brings me back to my Tuesday show where I suggested that for the next couple months, the right idea might be to just go touch grass. But since this is technically the weekly recap and because we don't want to leave it totally bleak, we should ask is there any bright news? Despite all of this, there does seem to continue to be some amount of mainstreaming. Beloved burrito shop Chipotle has announced that they will now accept cryptocurrency for payment in U.S. stores. The payment will be processed by Flexa, which is the third-party service and supports a bunch of different cryptos, including Bitcoin and ETH. The option will be available in pretty much all of their almost 3,000 stores nationwide. Now, of course, this is one of those options that allows the store to accept crypto but get paid in dollars, and that's sort of just the way of it right now. I think the more relevant point comes from DC Investor who says, I love Chipotle, but I'm never going to spend my crypto to buy a burrito. Kanye West's Yeezus brand has filed 17 NFT-related trademarks, which suggest to people that it may be moving into the NFT space. The applications are for terms like blockchain-based non-fungible collectibles, assets, currencies, and tokens. Online retail store services featuring downloadable movies, videos, television, music, entertainment, and digital art. Now, if you're a little confused, you might be remembering that Kanye had previously posted an anti-NFT message on Instagram back in January. The post, which he later deleted, had a handwritten note that said, My focus is on building real products in the real world. Real food, real clothes, real shelter. Do not ask me to do a f***ing NFT. Ask me later. The post caption added, Stop asking me to do NFTs, I'm not finna co For now, I'm not on that wave, I make music and products in the real world. Now, of course, you may notice the ask me later and the for now, and maybe now is the later that he was discussing. Either way, these applications are the type that are about future potential use, not things that are actually going on, so it could come to nothing. Lastly, Prada became the latest luxury brand alongside Lancome, Balenciaga, Gucci, and others to launch NFTs. Their first product was a t-shirt designed by Cassius Hearst, the son of artist Damien Hearst, that came with a corresponding NFT. So basically a real world item that comes with a digital asset as well. They'll have a Discord and additional perks, experiences, etc. And I think you can expect a lot of this type of experimentation even as we go into a deep bear. So there you have it, in a world full of regulatory intrigue, enforcement actions, political gamesmanship. At least we've got luxury NFTs avant-garde shoes, and burritos. For now, I want to say thanks again to my sponsors, Nexo.io, Nier, and FTX. And thanks to you guys for listening. Until tomorrow, be safe and take care of each other. Peace. Hey, Breakdown listeners, come join Coindesk's Consensus 2022, the festival for the decentralized world this June 9th through the 12th in Austin, Texas. This is the only festival showcasing and celebrating all sides of blockchain, crypto ecosystems, Web3, and the metaverse, and is designed for crypto newbies, investors, entrepreneurs, developers, and creators. Use code BREAKDOWN to get 15% off your pass at coindesk.com consensus2022.